Um, can you see evidence of the decisions of the White House being affected by what Joe Biden and his crime cartel have done? I'll give you one that I see that jumps out of you in a minute. Giving up the Bagram okay. Air Base 400 miles from China. Yeah. And then having then having Miley uh, say like he's a puppet that it's not a strategic air base. How could an air base 400 miles from China not be a strategic air base? Uh, yeah. How much money did he get from China? 40 right. million? 40 million will get you to say a lot of things. D- didn't he say yeah. during the campaign Biden's that China wasn't a threat to us? Didn't, yeah. didn't that idiot say that uh, China's not a threat to us? You don't think that was affected by the 41 million dollars he got from China? You think the fact I that he's not I, looking into wish, where COVID came from? I, I, the man is completely I, compromised. So glad you're with us this Freedom Friday. It's been a bad week for the Biden family, especially Hunter. Congressman Matt Gates introduced Hunter's laptop from hell and all the data contained therein into the congressional record and the corporate media. Finally catching up on this story that they've been ignoring since, what, 2020 or before. Check out some of the coverage from this week. Hunter joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing, along with Hunter's daughter, Finnegan. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Years later, the probe is exploring whether the younger Biden and his associates violated tax, money laundering and foreign lobbying laws. Business records reviewed by CBS News and documents released by Republicans in Congress indicate multiple financial transactions involving Hunter Biden, his firm and a Chinese energy company called CEFC. Republicans allege that the company is an arm of the Chinese government. In 20- NBC News said in recent weeks, a grand jury in Wilmington has heard from a parade of witnesses about payments Hunter Biden received while on the board of the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, and also about how he paid his taxes in recent years. Biden, sir- There is a realistic chance this could result in federal charges. Of course, then we'd be in unprecedented political territory, not legal territory, but a situation of having potentially the Justice Department prosecuting and trying to imprison the son of the president. All right, those were clips from NBC, CBS, ABC, and CNN. So after watching that, I think it's pretty clear that the corporate media believes that Hunter will be indicted. They realize they can no longer ignore this story. So what would this mean for Joe Biden? What would the trial of Hunter Biden actually look like? Is the Biden crime family finally going down, or will the DOJ do their best to protect their fellow D.C. elitists? Well... Let's ask America's mayor and one of the best legal minds out there, Rudy Giuliani, saw this coming a long time ago. He's been calling it out for a long time now, and he joins us here. Mayor, great to see you. Very nice to see you, Gina. Mayor, this is the most hope I've had in a long time that somebody in the corrupt D.C. elite will actually see justice. Uh, Will will Hunter Biden be indicted or will we see another James Comey moment where the DOJ says Biden's are super corrupt and terrible, but we just can't find any crime to charge them with? What, What are your thoughts? So I've had this basic crime information since November, December 
of 2017. And I revealed it for the first time in February of 2018. And uh, I've given it to um, the State Department under bar, the Justice Department. They've had it for over a year. Uh, I've put it out on podcasts. It's been written up in a, in a number of uh, magazines. And here, here's the biggest, uh, uh, biggest and worst problem of all. Yes, they are telling the truth now, these publications that hit it 16 and 17 months ago on purpose hit it. But they're also mm-hmm. still lying. You notice they don't mention Joe Biden? Well, the yep. top of this pyramid is Joe Biden. That hard drive that they say is accurate, you've got to read the whole hard drive. It contains right. a multitude of evidence that Joe Biden got paid, including his own son saying he gave him 50 percent of everything he got for the last 30 years. You don't hear the mention of that, do you? That happens no. to be and just in case anybody wants to check it. It's on December 25th, 2018 at 312 in the afternoon. And it comes from Hunter so, Biden, so, so, not me. He says I gave 50 percent for 30 years to my pop. Yeah. Yeah. And unless he pleads guilty, if I understand, I'm not an attorney. You certainly are. Um, Unless Hunter would plead guilty, uh, this would mean that the Biden dirty laundry will all be entered into the courtroom, right? All the skeletons out of the closet for the world to see. It should. I mean, if, if you just simply read through the rest of the hard drive, you would indict Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And, and right. Joe would be the top of the RICO, the racketeering enterprise that would include Hunter, James, his sister-in-law, and a few other people. I mean, Hunter was the bag man. So was James, a couple of others. Half the income was going to Joe, and they were, as gangsters like to say, whacking up the rest. There is a multitude of evidence of that. Now, make, to make it worse... They weren't just doing business with bad guys. They were doing business with avowed enemies of the United States of America while Joe Biden was pretending to be negotiating for America. So when he went on that trip that you showed, Joe was supposed to get China to back off to Sacklin Islands. As the newspapers at the time noted, he was a dreadful failure. So the U.S. loses, but the Biden crime family gets a $1.5 billion commitment to a hedge fund. They also conveniently leave out who was a member of that hedge fund, Whitey Bulger's nephew. So we got crime connections here that are, uh, that are much deeper than they're letting on. They're hoping that it can end with Hunter and they can leave Joe out. Also, mm-hmm. the person paying Joe and Hunter, the Ukrainian, was a Russian-oriented Ukrainian. So all this oh. idea of that they're protecting, this was a guy who was a friend of Putin's. And he paid them somewhere between eight and $14 million. So they've gotten plenty of money from Russia. They've gotten the most money from China. This would be as if Franklin Roosevelt got paid by Germany and Japan uh, during and before the Second World War. This is so ironic, though, Mayor, if you think about it. NBC News says that Joe Biden is one of the most ethical presidents ever to hold the office because they say if this were a Trump child being investigated, Trump would be meddling in it and pressuring the DOJ to leave them alone, which sounds ridiculous to me, considering that there were endless investigations into President Trump and his family uh, ever since Trump came down the escalator in Trump Tower. But this NBC News op-ed says the amazing heroic Joe Biden is trying to repair the damage that the Trump administration did to the Justice Department. Is this a joke, Mayor? Of course it's a joke. Uh, Joe Biden's never been investigated. 
He's got a Justice Department that doesn't investigate him. Uh, th- this, this hard drive was available for two years, and they did nothing with it. The hard drive contains evidence of child pornography, and they did nothing with it. It contains a straight-out money laundering transaction. You can prove a one piece of paper. They did nothing with it. It contains a violation of the gun laws in which Hunter Biden uh, affirmed that he was never addicted and got himself a, a 38 revolver. That's a 10-year felony. Never did anything with that. It completely exonerates the president from the first impeachment. Barr, the FBI, concealed that. Yep. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and the press wrote ridiculous things like I was a Russian agent. So, I mean, yeah. they're part of the conspiracy. <laughs> if, I mean, if, in, in fairness, they should be prosecuted along with the Bidens because they covered this yeah. up. The, the American people yeah. didn't know this before they elected a major crook as president of the United States. It's true. Mayor, and what about the 51 so-called intelligence experts who said that the Hunter laptop story was fake news from straight from Putin? They still refuse to apologize, right? What about them? Yeah, Should, yeah. well, they, they, I mean, they... I, I, Obviously, they're one of the reasons our intelligence is so terrible, because if you couldn't figure out that this was not Russian disinformation since it came from Delaware, I'll, I'll tell you a fact that that would, would have cleared this up two and a half years ago. Hunter Biden's lawyer called and asked if Hunter Biden's uh, laptop could be returned to him. And there's a message of that to that effect. In other words, the lawyer for Hunter Biden validated it as Hunter Biden's laptop. They all knew that. The, the New York Post didn't go with this story without verifying it. Look, I was yeah. a prosecutor for 30 years. You don't think I verified it with the very best people? Right. Uh, and, right. and my lawyer is the one who originally got it. He separately verified it. And how about the signature is the same? I mean, there, there is no doubt this is his hard drive. They right. just completely lied because they're... Well, because they're crooks. I mean, what can I tell you? They're, uh, Brennan, Clapper, you, they don't have any morals. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You would never have written a letter like that if you were a competent intelligence a- agent. There's, a, there's no indicia of rushing anything here. Nothing, not a single thing, except to get your criminal friend Biden out of trouble. Yeah. But, Mayor, you said at the beginning of the segment that you and the DOJ and others in D.C. have had this information on Hunter for what approximates uh, five years at this point. So does that mean you don't think anything is going to happen to Hunter? Will he be indicted? I would think they're going to do what I call an Al Capone. (laughs) They're going to give him some kind of tax count, some kind of failure to file. They'll say he's too addicted to go to jail, and they're going to hope that's the end of it. They're going to hope that we only read the first two pages of a 500-page book that's all valid. The other 480 pages shows that the Biden crime family got $41 million from China, well over $4 million from Russia, 8 to $15 million from the most crooked, Russian-oriented Ukrainian, uh, loads of money from other countries, and actually were doing business at sensitive times with some of the biggest enemies of the United States, and that Joe Biden was the principal. He was the top of the chain, and you'll see money going to him. If you look at that hard yeah. drive carefully, you actually see money going to Joe Biden, uh, considerably more money than that than, than uh, Spiro Agnew got, and he had to walk out of the vice presidency. This guy got millions and sold every office he ever held. He's a disgrace. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. We're almost out of time, Mayor, but I have to ask you, as you watch the events unfold with Ukraine, um, can you see evidence of the decisions of the White House being affected by what Joe Biden and his crime cartel have done? I'll give you one that I see that jumps out of you in a minute. Giving up the Bagram okay. Air Base 400 miles from China. Yeah. And then having then having Miley uh, say, like he's a puppet, that it's not a strategic air base. How could an air base 400 miles from China not be a strategic air base? Uh, yeah. How much money did he get from China? 40 right. million? 40 million will get you to say a lot of things. D didn't he say yeah. during the campaign Biden that China burgers. wasn't a threat to us? Didn't, yeah. didn't that idiot say that uh, China's not a threat to us? You don't think that was affected by the $41 million he got from China? You think the fact I that wish he's not I, looking into I wish, where COVID came from? Uh, the man is completely I, compromised. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm up against a heartbreak, Mayor. Love having you. Come back soon. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani. And we're back with another edition of Rudy's Common Sense. And today we have an exciting guest, someone who, well, someone who has a website called Just the News. And I would say he's Just the News, John Solomon. You can get John on Just the News. You can get him on uh, Real America's Voice, which uh, is on TV. And you can get his podcast on Just the News. And it seems like every week, twice a week, he breaks a, a big story. Uh, about everything. But right now we're going to talk to him about the election of 2020, which seems to be unraveling uh, if it hadn't, hasn't unraveled uh, already and just not been reported. Uh, John, tell us about your analysis, your recent analysis of the, 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 the election and uh, what, what you spotted as I think it was the 20 top, what should we call them? Irregularities, uh, in some cases, illegalities. Irregularities and illegalities. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Mayor. Well, first, thanks for having me on. It's always an honor to be with you. The, um, you know, the election story of 2020, the big lie, has gone the path of Russia collusion and Ukraine impeachment, which is the, the mainstream media, the democratic establishment, and some, in some cases, the, the bureaucracy of the federal government conspired to give us one story. And then we have spent years unraveling those stories and getting to the truth, and they all go into reversal. That's one of the amazing things about the Trump era. The major scandal stories, and I put scandal in quotes now. Right, right. They, they all go in reversal. It started with Russia collusion. We saw what happened to Christopher Steele's dossier. And now we have you know, members of Clinton's legal team and the FBI indicted, charged, convicted in some cases. Uh, the same thing about Ukraine impeachment. We were told there was nothing wrong with Hunter Biden's activity. Now he's under criminal investigation. The laptop, which you helped bring to light, shows all of these really unseemly deals he was doing in the wake of his father's policy. Uh, and uh, we know two of his business partners have been convicted of crimes. Uh, that story, and, and now new documents come out showing that Joe Biden's own State Department thought what Hunter Biden was doing was wrong. That story went into reversal. The same thing is happening now to the election 2020 story. We were told it was a perfect election. Uh, the guy named Krebs who ran the cybersecurity agency, the one that President Trump fired, he told us after the election, this was a perfectly secure, cyber secure election. The FBI disagrees. They recently, uh, with the US Attorney's Office, brought an indictment that revealed 
that Iranian hackers, Iranian state-backed hackers, cracked into one of the state's election databases, stole 100,000 Americans' voter identities, and used those voter identities to try to influence the 2020 election. Mr. Krebs' comments do not hold up the scrutiny when you learn that case. All across the country, you saw what the Wisconsin Chief Justice of the Supreme Court did in his election integrity, saying there was a, a ballot harvesting and, and fraud and nursing home voting uh, enough that he thinks maybe Wisconsin legislature should consider decertifying the results. Arizona, two or three different investigations found things from signatures not matching to 50,000 ballots that don't look to be correct. Um, in Pennsylvania, the courts have ruled that uh, that uh, the changes to allow uh, un no excuse absentee ballots were in fact unconstitutional. So a rule change that vastly affected the Pennsylvania election and its outcome deemed to be uh, unconstitutional. Wisconsin Supreme Court has given two rulings, ruling that the rules uh, that the Evers administration gave for the election were unlawful, illegal. One of them allowed tens of thousands of voters to uh, vote uh, absentee without using voter ID in violation of state law. Another allowed uh, those drop boxes to be distributed when there was no such legal authority in Wisconsin to do so. So when people look out, it is now clear that there was unlawful activity, illegal activity, unconstitutional activity. Uh, and that doesn't even get us into the sort of things that are ongoing right now in Georgia, where uh, the documents I unearthed in Fulton County show that Brad Raffsenberger's own personal observer found 27 wow. pages of Ill, uh, irregularities during the election counting process. And we now know that uh, he's investigating ballot harvesting, a widespread ballot harvesting operation that Catherine Engelbrecht, the great election integrity activist, found by comparing videotapes of people dropping off ballots with phone records and then getting a whistleblower to say, oh, yeah, I participated in that operation. I was paid $10 every time I got someone's ballot and delivered it, which, by the way, is unlawful in Georgia. So the election story has gone the path of Russia collusion and Ukraine impeachment. It's in total reversal. This is a good time to take a break. Welcome back. And we're back with John Solomon, and he's taking us through uh, the major uh, revelations that he's brought about since the election of 2020. Uh, I guess the most recent one and the most startling one is that in Georgia, in Fulton County, a report existed a week or so after the election that raised, what was it, 50 or so irregularities, illegalities with the election. One we never knew about while the Georgia officials were saying the election was perfect. Of course, it was far from perfect. And that's part of what caused the conversation between the president and Raffsenberger, because Raffsenberger kept saying it was perfect. And all the president was getting were reports of illegalities. And he couldn't understand perfect. So, John, uh, should we go back over some of these or, or are there a few more? Yeah. I mean, why, don't we, why don't we start with Georgia? Let's start with Georgia. So tell me what uh, what you've what you've uncovered in Georgia. There were there were issues like that uh, counting ballots without Republican uh, observation, which is clearly illegal in Georgia. I think I think that actually says you have to count the ballots in public. That's right. No, listen, there's no doubt that the rules were not followed in Fulton County, so much so that since the election, the state has pretty much forced out every supervisor of the Fulton County election. And the state elections board is considering taking a dramatic action before this fall's election 
of possibly putting Fulton County into state receivership, meaning local officials will not run the elections in Atlanta. They'll be turned over to the state. Why is that? Because Brad Raffsenberger sent a personal observer to the election uh, center, the vote counting center in Atlanta on November 3rd, 2020. It was the first time it had ever been done in the state. That observer wrote a, I think it's 23 or 27 page report with dozens and dozens of irregularities being recorded. It was like a diary. You won't believe this person just did that. This person did this. Things like double scanning ballots. Yes. Moving ballots insecurely in shopping carts where they could be picked off having the personal information of voters being exposed while they were being counted, which is a violation of voter privacy. The irregularities are literally take up two dozen pages of a report. Brad Raffsenberger had that report. I actually went back through all the news clips of November 3rd. And here's a funny thing, because everybody remembers Brad Raffsenberger's January 6th or January, whatever day it was on 60 Minutes calling it the perfect election. On election night, he was going bananas saying there's all sorts of bad things going on in Fulton County. I'm upset. Now, how he evolved from that moment to the different story on January is one that he hasn't been able to explain. I've interviewed him several times, and here's what he said. Yes, Fulton County was a problem. It's been a problem for years, and it was really bad this time, and I'm starting the process of putting him into receivership, but I don't think what happened there would have changed the outcome. Now, that's a very different story than what he gave 60 Minutes. Sure. It doesn't really matter if he thinks or doesn't think it affects the outcome, because you only find out if, if it affects the outcome after you count the votes. That's right. You can't possibly know when you start if it affects the outcome. Uh, if, if you uh, the report you're talking about is public. I mean, you can get it online. Correct? Yes, it's on, on Just the no, News. We have it there. That's the one that I have. It's a very yep. large. Carter report. Jones is the guy okay. who wrote it. Yeah, I, I, I read through it. Uh, if you ask me, is there enough there to affect the election? My guess would be it's so much yes, but to do that, I would have to go through and start doing a count. Then I'd have to figure out what county it was in. You can figure if there, if the if votes in Fulton County are being uh, deducted, well, then Trump is gaining about plus six votes on every ten, because I think it was pretty close to seventy-five, uh, twenty-five, eighty, depending on the eighty twenty. It's about a seventy percent Democratic county. It is. Yeah. But if it's a county that's very, very close, like some in Arizona, maybe only gain one vote for every 10. So it is hard to find out if it affects the outcome. But uh, election fraud is prosecuted no matter who wins or loses an election. It's a crime. It's It's called a crime. We're the greatest democracy in the world. There is no reason we can't vote count, count votes correctly. We can do this. This is we put a man on the moon. Voting uh, count voting uh, regularly is is much easier than doing that. There's just not been a will or a way in these democratic urban areas to fix these problems. These problems have been around a long time. In 2020, brought them to a head. I want to bring out another favorite character of the president. Governor but, Brian Kemp, because but before you do, let me ask you why Raffsenberger didn't turn that report over until it was useless. Yeah, I got it under FOIA. Uh, I don't know the reason. Uh, uh, you know, it existed. Uh, it had been in these files. And right after I reported it, I mean, within days of me reporting the existence and the contents of that report, he started the process of putting Fulton County into state, that was know, state receivership. So it clearly had an impact once it became public. Too bad it didn't become public before January 6th. But I mean, that was a year later. Yeah. Yeah, it was eight, eight or nine months later. You're right, sir. It was. 
And uh, it was after Afghanistan. It, yeah, it was right in that time frame. I think it might have been just before, right as Afghanistan was falling. What I'm talking about is uh, uh, if it does affect the election and one or two more of them do, then we don't have uh, Biden as president. Well, you look at Wisconsin. But let's think of Georgia for a second, because I don't think a lot of people know this. Governor Kemp, he's another one of those guys that's been saying the election's perfect. The election's perfect. I Last summer, I did two things. I accessed all of the absentee ballots in Fulton County, and I went through each image. It took me five, 10 days to go through about six, 7,000 ballots that I could get access to. And you see all sorts of irregularities. For instance, you will see people who filled out the president for two people, one Donald Trump, one for Joe Biden. That's called a spoiled ballot. Under Georgia law, it's supposed to be thrown out. Right. Someone would come in and say, no, 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 that wasn't for Donald Trump. That's for Joe Biden. They would count the spoiled ballot. That is not in question. I put those images up. People can see those being counted. Now, there's only a few hundred, several hundred that way, but that's just one example. But here's another thing. We went through the vote tallies, and then we went through the cards that were used to declare the recount. And there were thousands of votes difference between the two. And I identified each of the cards, and I wrote about them. About three months after I did that last summer, Governor Kemp, yes, that Governor Kemp, the one who says everything was perfect, he sent a complaint to the State Elections Board. He doesn't mention me. He mentions the citizen that I worked with on this. And he said, there's thousands of votes that are different on the cards than they are in the ballot tallies. These are miscounts. Please investigate that. So even Brian Kemp, clearly Brad Raffsenberger, now know that there were serious problems in Fulton County. I dare you to find anyone in the mainstream media that's covered that. They've ignored this because they can't allow that story from November I mean, this, to fall this apart is a, like this this earlier a, journalism. This is an amazing uh, uh, story, uh, uh, total surprise, complete reversal of what was going on during the election. But if you could explain the second one a little bit better, uh, there were there were thousands of votes. The card was different than the ballot. Yeah, so there uh, are the ballot tallies. And are these, then are these, are are these mail-in, mail-in votes we're talking about? Uh, well, yeah. all tallies, machine tallies. Okay. okay. So it's everything. It's everything that went through the machines, whether it was absentee or direct vote. And there's one tally, then there's the card that's used to do the recount, right? So they, someone puts the number on the recount. And there were, in some cases, multiple, uh, I think there was one that was It's very much like the one you mentioned, like 90 to 6 for Trump. There, uh, and I think there was one where the same votes were counted three times for Biden, which gave him like four or 500 more votes. When you take a look at all the mathematical errors, and that's what uh, Governor Kemp ultimately called them, it's what I called them in my story, it's several thousand votes, three, four thousand votes that are different than what was counted in the recount and the canvas, whatever you want to call that, the recanvas. Uh, Governor Kemp, uh, people can go get that letter. He admits that in his own letter. So the two guys that were saying Georgia was fine, they're now on record saying it wasn't so fine. So there were several thousand votes that didn't match. Yeah, in the recount. The recount tally was off by several thousand votes. And it was a 10,000 vote election. Yeah, that was a 12, I think 12 in Georgia, 12, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, something like that. Yep. So this is an election where if you have any number of irregularities, you're getting very close to affecting the election because we're only talking about 12,000 votes. So you have several thousand there. You've got, with the ones you sampled, uh, the thousand or so votes you sampled, how many did you find there that were? A few hundred were, were spoiled ballots that should never have been counted. And somebody just made a, a decision that we're going to count that ballot anyways. So, and out of how many ballots? 
You know, I think we saw about 400 out of 5,000 that had that uh, manual adjudication that looked like a spoiled ballot. I mean, sometimes the manual adjudication was correct. It, it was the ballot was what they ultimately counted and the machine just didn't so see that, the marking right. But there are four or 500 that are legitimately in question and, and would have met the definition of spoiled, meaning they should have been sent back and not counted until the person refilled out the ballot. And that didn't happen. And so, you know, that's just in one county with one reporter doing it. Imagine what people could do if all of these were opened up across Georgia. We'd probably find some more things. It's uh, now time to take a short break. Welcome back to our interview with John Solomon. But if you look at the pattern of irregularities, they were concentrated in several cities, not all over the country. The cities they were concentrated in were Democrat-really-owned cities uh, with uh, a good long history of corruption, mayors going to jail, judges going to jail, uh, uh, every lawyer would tell you, you know, if you got a political case, you're going to have a Democratic judge and you're not going to win if it's on the other side. So they did it in Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, Milwaukee, Atlanta. All yeah, of that is Green Bay. Yeah. Again, again, Democrat cities. So now what uh, what about um, what about the. There's one video that didn't get much attention. The video of uh, the arena got a lot of attention with the people being walked out, the ballots being counted. and, and uh, But the one that didn't get a lot of attention was it was a short video. It, it, again, it, it involved Ruby Freeman and her daughter, and they were passing USBs to each other. Now, uh, the president of Dominion testified in uh, Michigan that uh, the machine was made so that it was not accessible to a USB. That is contradicted by the manual, <laughs> and it's contradicted by pictures of the machine. Uh, what was the? Do you have any information about what those USBs were for? Yeah, my understanding. Yeah. Uh, again, you're at the mercy of the Georgia people who looked at this, but they've been pretty forthcoming in recent months. And I, I, I want to give Georgia some credit. Dominion voting machines were cracked open. They were opened before Election Day. This is not in dispute. And the digital cards were taken out and new cards were put in to make sure that they didn't reach the capacity. The chain of custody of those cards that were in the original machines and were taken out and not counted until Election Day is unknown. Fulton County believes they were put in some locker or a, a storage cabinet. Uh, we've never been able to get a good answer on that. Now, that doesn't mean the machines were doing something wrong, but it does mean that humans were touching things that are supposed to say Sankraset until Election Day, removing them, putting them somewhere, you know, the possibility one could get lost or get tampered with. You don't know because the chain of custody is not clear. That is documented. Fulton County has admitted that. I mean, there are lots of things that Again, they right in elections that we could get right in five minutes if we just got. They admitted it. They admitted it after Biden became president of the United States. Yeah, actually, we got those in December, which was shortly before the certification. So December 2020. But, you know, there were so many things coming out. I'm not sure they got the attention they, they merit. But today, those things are well known and they're well documented. Uh, most people don't know that. Because nothing about Dominion is ever reported. Because um, the major networks, Fox, uh, even Newsmax are afraid to mention the name Dominion because they effectively uh, 
they effectuated a prior restraint by suing everyone. Uh, uh, so there were three dozen machines that were broken open, Dominion machines that were broken open, so they could be allowed to count over 10,000. Yeah, so there was a worry. And, you know, that's a legitimate thing. There, there was a high turnout. So you want to make sure that you, the machines can't stop counting. But there was no chain of custody thought about, at least not in the documents and the interviews we did at the time. And it's just one of many things that, you know, when you hear a perfect election, that's not a perfect way. That is not a common sense way to handle people's sacred votes. And again, that's nothing to do with Dominion. That has to do with the people running these elections. And I, I think at the end of the day, human error, human malfeasance, in the case of the hackers or other things that we've seen, uh, the, the uh, nursing home in Arizona, which is, you know, another one of those urban centers, right? Phoenix that you always people worry about. Well, but before we get off that one, so there were, was this in Fulton County that these machines were broken? Yes, they were Fulton County. So it's, it, it seems like... Um, it seems like all of the illegalities and irregularities are concentrated in Fulton County. Well, that's one of them. Now, when you go to ballot harvesting, Mr. Mayor, it right. looks like there are several counties where that occurred. So there is a complaint that was filed in November, a year after the election, right? So a whole right. year later. And there appear to be five counties uh, in, in the Atlanta area, but it goes much further out. It goes all the way out towards Stone Mountain and DeKalb County uh, and some of the other counties where there's video footage of people coming in between 12 a.m. and 5 a.m., not the time that most people vote, going to those drop boxes and dropping stocks, uh, stacks of ballots into the boxes. And then there are um, cell phone records that show the pattern of these ballot uh, delivering people uh, going back and back over through the same routine night after night. That's according to the complaint. And uh, there is now a whistleblower known as John Doe in the complaint who says, I participated in a widespread ballot harvesting operation. Me and many other people, we were paid $10 a ballot, and we went around. Oh, that sounds like ballots. That sounds like uh, Tammany Hall. It does. Old-fashioned ballot. This is, what, this is what they did in my election in 1989. They paid people to vote 10 times. Well, they were picking up Good old Democratic ballots is what they were doing. They were going out and getting you know someone they didn't know and grabbing their ballot, which breaks the chain of custody. And it's explicitly illegal in Georgia. It's illegal in Arizona. It's illegal in Wisconsin. I would say paying paying for a vote is probably illegal every place, except maybe Las Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably. So what the whistleblower says is he was paid ten dollars per watt. Every ballot that he picked up from a legitimate voter and put into a ballot box, which by the way violates the law. So remember Brad Raffensperger, right? The guy who said it was a great election. He now admits that there is significant evidence. They issued subpoenas just 10 days ago, and they're beginning a full-scale investigation. And Brad Raffsenberger came on my TV show about three weeks ago and said, uh, we're following the money. Who paid for this operation? And I wouldn't be surprised if we have criminal prosecutions when we're done. Uh, that's a big far cry from a perfect election when you find that out as well. So, And that's not the only place that this happened. Arizona. Mark Burnovich, the attorney general, has prosecuted several people who now have admitted that to I, ballot harvesting in Arizona. And as you know, from covering the Wisconsin report that Justice Gableman recently gave us, they believed and documented that went on in nursing homes where people who didn't have the mental capacity or physical capacity to vote, someone else grabbed their ballot and voted for them. All of those are examples of illegal harvesting. I think when we're done, that's going to be the biggest 
part of the 2020 election. We're going to find out that was the biggest scandal or cheating Deal. that may have gone on in this election. We've got to let the facts bear out, but there are real signs that that's a serious problem. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing that is obvious already is that whatever happened with the machines, the ones that were programmed or, or the ones that were not programmed or the machine vote did not determine the election. In fact, on the machine vote, Trump probably won, which is why he was ahead on election day in so many places. The election got turned around by the mail, by the mail in by the mail in ballots, by the ballots that were in those uh, what are they Zuckerberg boxes, and uh, but they it got turned around by tremendous numbers, like four or five hundred thousand in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so. Let's let's just one one last question about DeKalb. DeKalb it's DeKalb County where that took place with the whistleblower, uh, and he says there's more than one whistleblower. Yeah, uh, the the group that did the work on this they use it they use the tactic that the FBI now uses a lot to solve crimes. They you can buy people's commercial cell phone geospatial data, meaning wherever your phone is with you, it's recording as you're going around town and after saying you were here at this moment, here at that moment. You can buy that data commercially. The FBI does it sometimes. They went and they found 240 people that take the same pattern as John Doe, the whistleblower. So they're estimating that about 240 people in the state of Georgia uh, made these routine trips both before November 3rd, which is the general election, and January 5th, which was the runoff. January 5th, 2021 was the runoff that determined democratic control of the United States Senate. So that's all in their complaint. Uh, Secretary Raffsenberger came on my show and said, it's credible information. It's a credible allegation. We're following the money. They just issued subpoenas, and that's an ongoing investigation. So Georgia becomes more imperfect by the day. Right, And that happened in both the presidential election and the two Senate elections, the original and the runoff. And, and it was DeKalb. Located in DeKalb. It was Bolton, DeKalb, Cobb. I think five counties is what they're claiming. Okay, so let's get to Wisconsin. You mentioned Wisconsin. What, 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 uh, what, what, what have you found there? First off, there are two rulings by the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the highest court in the state, saying that rule changes in 2020 were illegal, unconstitutional, unlawful. Uh, the first one allowed about 237,000 people to vote as though they were homebound because they were afraid to go out by COVID. The law in Wisconsin doesn't allow you to say fear is a disability. You have to be completely disabled. You have to have a real medical condition that prevents you from voting to vote uh, what, uh, uh, as that, in that manner and skip voter ID. So 240,000 people got this exemption. The courts have ruled that was an unlawful instruction. It was not allowed under the law. That's 240,000 votes in the state where Joe Biden beat uh, President Trump by just 20,000 votes. So 10 times the number, 12 times the number of the spread of difference. That's just one court ruling. There's a second court ruling that concluded that the, the drop boxes, the mobile ballot boxes, that there was no legal authority in Wisconsin for those to be distributed. Tens of thousands of people dropped their ballots in those boxes. All of those votes are now illegal under the interpretation of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So that's a big picture problem. More, well more, multiple times the spread of difference between the two candidates, ballots were unlawfully distributed, accepted, counted, or put into boxes that weren't lawful. That's just the legal side. 
Now let's go to what Justice. But before we get to that, the the original the original decision of the Supreme Court on the original case to overturn the election was a four three decision. It was, and it came in November. And one and and the one, uh, but it's a four three Republican court. One Republican dissented or or, or joined the majority, and Wisconsin has extremely rigid uh, absentee ballot laws. Uh, because of its history as a, as a progressive state, when progressive meant something different, La Follette, the whole movement, they actually say in their law that they don't like absentee ballot. <laughs> they believe they're inherently fraudulent, and therefore they require you to keep not only the envelope, but the original application. And if you don't have the original application, they say that the vote is null and void. Well. Uh, they sort of forgot that when they ruled four to three. Uh, strictly under the law, those votes should have been thrown out. But they thought the they thought the remedy was too onerous. Yeah, that's right. But you now, know, listen, but, and it goes back to the fact that these Democratic cities and these Democratic-run states, Wisconsin has a Republican legislature which is supposed to set the rules, and then it has a Democratic-run Wisconsin election commission which just made up its own law, which, by the way, the Constitution didn't give them that power. And, uh, and so you see these two court rulings. 